Alright, partner, you know what time it is. It's time for discussion with substance and the best visitors from Boise and beyond. This is the Side Yard Sidebar. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Side Yard Sidebar. Trev, you want to say something right away, I can tell. I do like Fred Durst. I just <laughs> yeah. want to get that out of the way. You do. If Yeah, if, if listeners who, who don't know who that first voice is, it's Fred Durst of Limp Biscuit fame. Yeah. And, and if you don't know who they are, then that won't make sense. But I <laughs> if, had you to, know, if you know, you know. If you know, you know. I had to put that in there. Um, <laughs> so welcome to uh, another episode. Glad you're here. Uh, Trev, you're with me, and we have Joe Burke here with us. And Joe... We're going to dive into all the good stuff. Um, creator, inventor, which one would you like? Which one makes sense? Because um, you're both. Habitual risk taker. There you go. Oh, of, I like that. <laughs> of the Ollie ball, <laughs> which is so incredible. In fact, my boys will not shut up about it. So we're going to get to all of that, but welcome to the podcast. And Joe, if you wouldn't mind taking a few minutes to give us a short bio so the listeners can... Know a little bit about you, and then we're going to do a little quick Q&A after that. Yeah, I like it. Um, the short of it is, started out as a paper boy in Chicago, and not much has changed. <laughs> <laughs> I get up early, before the sun, work your tail off, um, uh, but moved a lot as a kid. Uh, I just love work. My kids say all the time, Dad, why do you got to do I say, I love it. I love work. You yeah. know, even when I worked at companies, but... Short of it is, um, moved around a bunch, you know, um, college in New York, came out west, Jeep, mountain bike, and uh, just started laying my own stake in the ground, building my own companies starting at the age of 21. Nice. Yeah. And now you're here in Boise, Idaho. That's right. And you moved here how long ago? Uh, we're month five. Really? Month yeah, yeah. five. Month five. That's Do you like it so far? Love it. Yeah, we... Um, I mean, we could move anywhere. Yeah. Um, the company, one of the, the main company right now we have is entirely off the grid. As long as there's internet, we can move stuff all we work in 30 countries. Nice. And uh, have distribution all over. Um, but it's all done electronically. And um, we looked at Texas. We looked at Tennessee. My wife and I went to Germany. And uh, we've been plotting for a couple of years saying, where do we want to, because our kids were getting to an age where it was going to really matter. So yeah. we came up here a year ago for a visit. The kids shadowed uh, schools. Then they uh, checked out sports teams, worked out with a club, uh, some club teams. And I didn't think, you know, it was cold. I grew up in the cold. I was fine with it. But um, th at the end of the trip, they're like, we want to move to Boise. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, all right, here you go. I said, honey, I guess we're moving to Boise. There you go. Yeah. We've talked a little bit about you do, you've done ads before. Yeah. So I right. feel like I've got a new one for Idaho, better than Germany. <laughs> <laughs> we can start that. Das, das good. <laughs> das. I like where we're going. Yeah. I already like that. That's so great. <laughs> is there a place that you would call that feels most like home? You said you, like maybe you lived in eight states. Yeah. I grew, moved a lot growing up. I mean, I don't know. I mean, to me, as long as I've got my hands, my mind, my family and work, yeah. I, I can work anywhere. Wherever you are, that's home. Yeah, I've never looked at a place as the source of happiness. Uh, it's just a, mm. as long as, I mean, I don't know, throw me in a 
side yard in Germany, I'll find happy. <laughs> and we're going to make that happen. I mean, but we can, we can get common ground on Michael Jordan is the GOAT. Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. No, I, I saw him twice in his last season. Yeah. And, yep. uh, I still got my Jordans and uh, my 14s. Good. Okay. I just yep. I just broke out my Jordan 11s, my new ones. They look so good. I know. Yeah. <laughs> They're so They're great. They're so good. I did get to see Jordan play in uh, Sacramento, at Sacramento Kings, way up high. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I got to watch him, and it was incredible. I got to see him in 96 uh, at the, they sold out Key Arena big time first because when the Sonics were still there, I grew up in Seattle, but then they w- they moved it to the kingdom mm-hmm. and like quarter by quarter, my dad kept getting us closer and closer until we got to the tunnel. And then as he was leaving, I put my hand out and I could feel the air. <laughs> I didn't touch him, but I felt the air. It was so close. It rubbed off on you. Anyway. You can hear how dumb I am. So my... Uh, Best friend growing up was a kid named Kevin McCaskey. Uh, his family owned the Chicago Bears. Okay. In fact, his mother was Laura Hallis of George Hallis. It was his his uh, granddaughter. Okay. So my best friend was a Hallis McCaskey. We would go to the games at Soldier Field as a kid, and we'd be on the field throwing the ball around, all these Hall of Famers Come walking on. right by us. <laughs> and what did Kevin and I do every game? We'd get the program. And turn to the page where the honeybees are, the cheerleaders. <laughs> and we go get the cheerleaders' autographs on a, on a page, walking by all these Hall of Famers. <laughs> Smart man. <at> the Dummy. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that, that had to be incredible. It was pretty cool. I mean, I, at the time, it didn't. It just seemed right. like a... This is what you do. It's just what you did. And um, yeah, no, he was, I, I miss Kevin. I mean, we used to spend our weekends fishing catching crayfish, and every time it rained, we would get two five-gallon buckets and hit every window well in the neighborhood and fill them with salamanders and frogs. Really? And we'd go to his garage and dump them all over the garage floor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, childhood, man. And we, and we did it all the time. Up. It was like our thing. Every time it rained, we'd, we'd grab the buckets and just go collect, man. you know, amphibians. I love that. <laughs> I, w- I, I love that. Well, I mean, you've already started off with I, this is going to be an amazing episode already. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to jump in uh, a little quick Q&A to let our listeners know just a oh, little yeah. bit more about you. So first question, what is your favorite Christmas movie? Yeah, I saw that on there. I mean, I'm, I'm going to have to go Charlie Brown. I mean, the okay. Charlie Brown Christmas. Mm-hmm. I mean, and the, the Vince Garrardi song, Luces and Liney. Uh, yep. uh, yeah. It's just yeah. a Linus. classic. Yeah, Linus oh, and Lucy. so yeah. good. Yeah, I have that spinning right here on the record player. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The uh, Christmas album. Solid. Mm. So good. Okay. I'm glad you didn't say Die Hard. Because <laughs> <laughs> we had, had quite a discussion last uh, few, yeah. a few weeks ago. Um, what about your favorite snack? Uh, I'm a big snacker. I don't really eat meals that much, so I'm a big snacker. I, it's Uncle Eddie's uh, cookies. You get oh, them at Trader oh, Joe's, nice. and I got to go to the Trader Joe's out here and yeah. use Meridian and, yep. and load up on them. So yeah, <laughs> the Uncle Eddie's I love cookies. That. I'm a cookie guy. Trev, what's your snack? go-to snack? Go to snack. Um, <laughs> All of them. To, lately, it's yogurt. <laughs> really? <laughs> yogurt. Yep. Okay. Chobani's just plain Greek vanilla yogurt. There you go. Nice. Mine's uh, Triscuits. Easy. Let's see. That's a that's a snack. Yeah. Easy. I mean, I'll go through a box of those. <laughs> the yogurt the thing's always like my daughter's into the yogurt, but like here's what always bothered me about yogurt. When you read it, it says active yogurt cultures. Yep. So it's like small tapeworms are living in a 
like a little bowl that's, of goo. That's yep. what I'm going for. Yeah, it's, it's, You're going you know. to just have them eat, eat away the, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. the extra fat? Yeah, because yeah. my next snack is nachos, and I would like for the, <laughs> the small, tiny tapeworms to eat those. It makes yeah. a wonderful dip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's perfect. I love it. Um, okay, next one. Coffee or tea? And okay, or it's kind of a funny else. story, dude. Ooh. It's kind of a funny story. Okay. So I was a coffee drinker for a long time. Went to Italy. I got family out there, and I did the whole espresso thing with the grappa, the, that old. Mm-hmm. And then I started getting this eye infection all the time. And the doc was like, "You're allergic to coffee." So it killed me. So I'm not kidding you. For about 15 years, I didn't drink coffee. And then I went to this new eye doctor. I hadn't, they figured out, like, you know, it's just that you don't blink when you work. You work 10-hour stretches, 15-hour stretches oh. without blinking. And so I got this eye moisturizer thing and this blink exercising thing. And um, now I can drink coffee again. Amen. So the short of it is, when we were actually in Germany this last time, we were at the, it's the world's largest toy fair in Nuremberg. Mm-hmm. And our booth had this coffee machine that, like, it's a robot. It's German, of course. It's a German robot that grinds it, taps it, pressurizes it, takes the milk, and like basically it's a robot that makes the most unbelievable cappuccino. Really? And so my wife and I, we hunted it down. We got some coupon for it, and I had it in the crosshairs, and then I just pulled the trigger, and we got the dang thing, and it goes all day long. Really? Oh, yeah, a little, little robot, in the, little German robot in our kitchen. <laughs> that is amazing. And it just, it, you just yeah, love press it, button and it goes? Yeah, well, you know, it's German, so it's not intuitive. Yeah. You, have to, <laughs> you have to like, de- de- additional drink, yes, you know, and talk okay. to Franz for a second and, you know. That's awesome. <laughs> Trev, you're a coffee guy. I love coffee. I, yeah, I feel like you have a legitimate lawsuit against that first eye doctor. That's I really 15 do. 15 years 15 of your years. life. <laughs> yes. Gone. Lost Gone. Java. You could have been drinking coffee. Yeah, no, I'm not happy. What yeah. what machine is this? I may have to Miele. look into this. It's Miele. It's a German brand. M-I-H-E-L-E. M-I-H. Crate and Barrel. Check it out. They got okay. like the the annual like 30% off yeah. thing. Yeah. And you kind of line up all the discount codes and <laughs> yeah. make it happen. Yeah. Jamie, if you're listening, that's my Christmas there, gift. There you go. And yeah, pucker up. It ain't cheap. Yeah, okay. well, <laughs> I should believe it. You're worth it, Trev. <laughs> Thank you. You are worth. Every or you could just come over to my house and get you. Okay, one. that's true. <laughs> we'll try it out there first. Right. Uh, yeah. Okay. Last. Oh no. Two questions. Two more. Uh, mm. Dog or cat? Oh, dog. We got two dogs. Thank you. Yeah. What yeah. kind? No, Aussie Shep. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah, tricolor. Nice. That's great. You're. What are you? We got what dog? You have a dog. A dog. Plus, I'm. I am. I am allergic to cats. Deathly allergic. I've almost. I almost had to go to the hospital a couple times. Really? Yeah. Uh, but, dog, we have a, a, a Labradoodle right now. Yeah. He's 90, I haven't seen him 90 since pounds. He was a puppy. Yeah. You saw him when he was a puppy. He's yeah. 90 pounds now. Still thinks he's a puppy. <laughs> Knocks Don't you over when you walk in. Love it. Yep. We have, yeah. We have Roxy, the uh, Heinz 57. She is a little bit of everything. Yep. A um, little <laughs> bit of a Chihuahua, uh, unfortunately, because I don't like small dogs. But, She's there. My parents just drove uh, home from Washington. They went to Washington, came back with a boxer puppy. Oh, boxer cute. puppy, tiny. Yeah, very cute. So not for long. No. Uh, so today on my way home, since it was a a little bit of a rough day at school, I went by and said, "I just need to smell a puppy. Just need to smell a puppy." <laughs> a, There's that puppy smell. It's a. It's kind of like your Indian name. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. <laughs> So smells puppies. It smells puppies. That's what I like to do. <laughs> smells much pup. <laughs> so I'll come over and smell your dog. Uh, so, 
Uh, <laughs> and then my last one, hey, how do you, Joe, how do you like to relax? It sounds like you you go, you love work. What's relaxed to I you? I don't, man. I just yeah? don't. I mean, I coach my kids in sports. I love that. I mean, I love the heat of a game where I'm screaming in the middle of a game, you know, not at the <laughs> kids, but, you know, try to encourage them, push them harder. I guess the only thing, I'm a big kind of fitness junkie. So okay. I do mountain biking, I climb Whitney in a day, Do and I love these kind of impossible things. But my favorite thing is the endorphin rush after just an absolutely idiotic accomplishment or workout. It's just that that I will relax and do. And I, I used to call them caveman Saturdays. So I used yeah. to run eight miles, come back, jump in a pool, make a, like a filet, big one, smoke one, mm-hmm. big 10-ouncer, no utensils. Just eat it with my hands <laughs> off the yes. smoker. And I used to call it caveman Saturdays. I had a couple guys that joined me on that one. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. What sports do you kids play? So I, uh, my oldest is a volleyball player. She's 14, and she, I, she had the good fortune to uh, train with Misty May, oh. a trainer. Yeah, and um, she's, a, she's a little stud, 5'10 at 14. Um, <laughs> and then my uh, 10-year-old, Janie, I coach her in softball. So she's a switch hitter, righty-lefty, pitcher. And so that was a big deal for us because we traveled with a lot of these families and mm-hmm. I coached her uh, in there. So meeting travel ball teams up here was a big deal. Yeah. And they've become very good friends of ours. So, uh, you cool. know, James, David, little shout out. Yeah, Tavis, nice. you know, you we go. travel with these families and we, it's really been a joy for us. Um, spend, not only spending time with the kids, but yeah. have folks that, you know, will tip a few after a tournament and it's a, it's a good I've, time. Absolutely. Did, did you play? I was a college wrestler. Okay. Yeah, but I played. I was a football in uh, wrestling and baseball in high school, but then uh, college. I don't know. I like wrestling. I just like the, you know, the kind of lone man on the on the island. Yeah. You know, sort one of mentality. On one. So yeah, that's that was my jam. I don't think I would want to wrestle you. <laughs> you can now. I'm not, not the athlete I, I once was. Right. I am a large human, but I still think I'd go down pretty fast. <laughs> Did you? Total like, side note. Like Tennessee honey. <laughs> Go down easy. I also like Nate Robinson. Oh, yeah. Did you yeah. watch the, the Tyson um, Roy Jones Jr. fight? I just caught the week? highlights. Oh, man. We watched it. Uh, Nate Robinson, excellent basketball player. Yeah. Mm. Not that great at boxing. But like they were saying, you, have, you can't play boxing. You have to know boxing. Mm. And he didn't know boxing. Neither did Jake Paul, the guy who he's had two fights, but he knocked him pretty, I mean, out pretty cold. And now Nate Robinson is a laughing stock of the NBA. Because <laughs> everyone, I think I saw a little uh, Instagram something about some guy. It's like Nate Robinson walks into a McDonald's and Nate Robinson wants his hamburger. Oh, you do? What are you going to do if I don't, <laughs> I don't give it to you? <laughs> it's just like he's lost all street cred. I, oh, I mean, man. he's still an incredible athlete. I mean, how I tall is not, he? I don't know. 5'9"? Yeah. Five, yeah, yeah. five, That's me. 5'10"? Yeah. I mean, the guy's incredible. And he can throw down. Yeah, like, he can. Yeah, okay. Anyway, well, that's cool. <laughs> you can go down like Nate Rhodes. <laughs> My new joke. Uh, like so... Let's jump in. We um, we have the Ollie Ball sitting right here. Oh, yeah. And friends, if you don't know what Ollie Ball is, we're going to explain it to you tonight. You can hear it. It is, <laughs> I swear, I, I mean, I want to know the whole Toy Story behind it because it is the coolest idea. I started watching some of the videos, and then I was like, hi, I need to know more. <laughs> and I, I got one. I have one. The boys, you can color on it. They played inside. It's the inside ball. Yeah. 
And so I, I, I really want to know, how do you come up with this? And I think one of your videos said 100 prototypes. Yeah, that's right. Just crazy. Yeah. yeah. And so give us the, the Alibal story, kind of how it came about, and, and then we'll just kind of go from there. Yeah, the story, there's some dimensions to what I'm about to say, but it's very simple. Sure. It was a Saturday. It was blazing hot outside. My oldest, who's now 14, and I know when this happened because it was three months before my six-year-old was born, so I know I've been at this for six years. Um, it was blazing hot outside, and um, my daughter had just started playing soccer. So she's kicking a soccer ball in the house, breaking all sorts of stuff, and you know, my wife's like, you got to get that ball out of the house. And I'm like... Ellen, we need to support her. You know, I was like, I don't know, some kind of grandstand, you know, her <laughs> oldest kid, you know, like, and then of course she kicks and breaks something else. I'm like, okay, get, get it out, get, get that thing out of here. So I chuck it out in the backyard and then I come in and in very dramatic fashion, she's standing there in the middle of the kitchen, like, like not moving and a tear rolls down. I'm just, I mean, just like a cartoon, you know, I'm like, oh man. So she's crying and she's, you know, upset that I was upset. I'm like, you know what? And I said to her, I'm like, how come no one's made a ball you can play with in the house? Yeah. Because growing up, I, my parents would, don't, don't play ball in the house. There was three of us boys. I mean, we were always, my sister, and we were always throw, hitting a ball or throwing a ball, coming up with something. And so um, that day began a quest. And I said, I, you know what? Let's make a ball you can play with in the house. And she just kind of looked at me and kind of smiled. And I'm like, all right. So I got a balloon and painter's tape. And I just started goofing around with a, a ball. And I'm like, well, it's, there's got to be weight. It's kind of like, yeah, but it's like a balloon is too light. And this thing, even though it's like kind of thing, it's, I don't know, it just wasn't right. But what happened was we worked on it for a couple hours. And she kind of, <laughs> I think she got a little bored. And I said, well, you know what? Let's study. So we studied the weight, size, and dimension of soccer balls because we were looking for to make a lightweight soccer ball. And then once we figured out the weight, we had to figure out what we had. We, she goes, I like the weight of this one. So we got in the car. We went to the post office where they have those sensitive scales, and we weighed it. Okay. <laughs> and I still have a picture of that day of the ball with a Sharpie marker on it with the weight size That's and dimensions awesome. of the thing. And so that was the beginning of a quest which said five years ago my kids were playing ball in the house, breaking things. It sent me on a quest to create the ultimate indoor play ball, a ball you can play with in the house. It won't break anything. Yeah. And that one repeated phrase continued. In fact, we trademarked the phrase play ball in the house. And my attorney, he was funny about it because he goes, I asked him, I said, can we trademark? I was just calling him. I'm like, ah, we got we to trademark that. So I call him and he knows I'm a little crazy. And he goes, um, well, why would you want to do that? I said, just can you check who owns it, if this and that? He calls me back an hour later. He's like, well, believe it or not, not only does no one own it, no one's ever tried and I was like, really? really? Yeah. And I, he goes, well, it's kind of like trying to trademark eat glue. Huh. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. why would someone try to trademark play ball in the house? Because you know, you can. then I was like, that's it. We just solved a pain in the market. So as much as it, it's a toy, it's actually, in the way it's listed in many ways, is the ultimate indoor play ball for kids and parents. So <laughs> the mantra of the company, the reason it exists is to bring joy to parents and kids. Yeah, it's not about. And I, I used to work for Disney, so I had a, I knew the toy business to a degree. 
So I was the former national brand director at Disney Store. And so I knew the toy business from the marketing side, but not from the product development side. I used to work with those guys. They were down the hall in rooms at no windows. Hmm. And um, we would, you know, sort of mash up and they would figure out how we were going to take Wally and make a toy out of it and how we were going to market it. So I knew that part of the business. But I also knew that if I could come up with the right combination of a ball that you could hit in the house, guaranteed not to break windows, then we were on to something. And the short of it is, yes, 100 different prototypes. I mean, I still have it to this day. It's called the big bag of fail. Because I <laughs> yeah. was showing the kids, like every time it just goes in the big bag of fail. And it's a big clear bag so they could see all the failure. Wow. And so, because I knew, I've done a number of things in my life before this that, were, that taught me about the value of failure. And so I wanted them to learn it. So I kept taking it, taking it. And, and, and it got a little ridiculous because then... My uh, my buddy, I, once I had this thing figured out, I said, can I patent this? He goes, really tough to patent a ball. It's like been around forever. Mm-hmm. I said, but what if I did this? And I put a camera inside of the ball to show what it was doing to absorb shock. And he goes, yeah, you can patent that. We got our patent fully done and issued in less than 18 months. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Once the examiner saw the video of inside the ball and what was happening and that it expands on the inside mm-hmm. and, the, and the coefficient of restitution uh, is what absorbs all the shock uh it was pretty i wouldn't say simple it's expensive yeah but it was a it was a simpler process to get the patent issued at that point and then you just go and then you go here and i'll tell you a lot of it came down to trial and error and it was kind of like using the world as a test lab so we would i would take there was a kids like um you know like child care center at the gym mm-hmm and I love playing basketball. It's like one of my things. I can run like a Labrador for like five hours playing <laughs> hoops. <laughs> and so what I would do is I'd take the kid to the, the kid center at the gym, you know, and they got two hours, and then I can go play basketball for a couple hours. So I came back, and I would bring the prototypes with me, and I'd, I'd say, here, take this. You know, and I wanted to see if the kids would play with it because I'm like, there's my free focus group. Absolutely. You know, you know oh, like, I probably shouldn't tell you what. <laughs> what gym chain this was, but <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. It's but, a gym. <laughs> yeah, but it was a very, I mean, because a, a lot of toy companies at Disney would have these focus groups, but it's like, it's not real. They're like, the kids know they're being watched. Yeah. At, at the child care center, they're not. They don't know. So I would do it. So I'd, I'd keep giving them all these different ones. I'd watch them. I'd come back and this and that. This one, the 12-inch, I'll never forget it. It was blank. It didn't have anything on it. It was just a white prototype. And uh, I, I brought it like this, and I walked into like the lobby of it like this. This one's a little underinflated. I walked in like this. Every kid, I'm not kidding you, like like fish food to the top of the mm-hmm. aquarium. Oh yeah, just just ran up and wanted to see what it was because people always think there's helium inside of it. It's not. It just lays weighs less than an ounce, and it yeah. gets their attention. So all these kids run up, and I'm like, okay, wait a minute. So I let them take it in, and. It, I knew the girl. She, I, I, she didn't know what I was up to, but I, I don't know. She, she knew it would shut my kid up, so she did it. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes in there. I come back after two hours of shooting hoops, and I see Jameson. That's my son, and he, you know, he's running. Around, I'm like, well, I don't see the ball. And um, so I'm like, um, I, asked, I said, Where, did you say this ball I brought in here about yay big? She goes, was that yours? I go, yeah. She goes, oh, we had to take that away. And I'm like, and I'm, all of a sudden I'm like, oh, some kid like hurt himself. And she goes, she goes, no, they were all fighting over it. 
Yep. When I go, bam, that's it. <laughs> and, I, and, that, and honestly, that, that's that's the configuration you're looking at. Man. Yeah. And that's when we knew it. And then the serendipitous thing is we tried all these different materials, and I found this material. It's a form of flashbone olefin that I was looking at it white. I'm like, well, you know, we, we got to get this thing printed, and I'm using markers. On, and I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. Why do we have to print it? Why don't we just put cartoons on it and have the kids color it in? Have the kids do the colors on it? And that yeah. was another sort of, it was like a Watson moment, you know, like mm-hmm. Alexander Graham Bell and what. It was just one of these accidental things that that happened. And there's a lot of accidents that happen to make this happen. But it's paying attention to the failures and the accidents is how we got our patent and how we won Toy of the Year, 2020 Family Choice Award. We won at the Oscars of the Toy Industry uh, Toy of the Year. We got Boys Life Top 19 Toy. We got best product of the year, uh, top 12. And it's just, yeah. I mean, you know, we, we only applied for one of those. The other ones just sort of came. Really? Yeah. So yeah, that's what I wanted to, to point out to people. 2019 toy of the year. Yeah. That's a pretty incredible that's a category. Yeah. Thing. Yeah, it was. And I tell you, here's the coolest thing is they do it in the Javits center in New York city and the, the toadies, they call them toy of the year awards. It's the okay. Oscar, of the toy industry. It's all, you know, black tie affair. All the biggies are there, you know, Hasbro, Allegro, Mattel, you know, we're, we're sitting next to these people. And um, that night, my mother went in the hospital. She had a stroke oh. in Chicago. And we, we end up, we, we go there, we go to the reception, and they put us at the front table. And I'm sitting there at the front table. I'm like, wait a minute. I go, either these are really bad seats because I'm staring up at the stage or we got a shot at winning this. Because there were seven other uh, nominees. Okay. And so we were sitting there, and I really never thought about what I was going to say other than I knew I was going to say what I said at the beginning, which was five years ago, our kids were playing ball in the house and breaking things to send us on a quest to create the ultimate indoor play ball. And that was a mantra that I've told people. People ask what I did. I always say that phrase, even before I had to think figured out. Yeah, and so yeah, that night they called us Toadier Ollieball at Victor Sports. My wife and my patent attorney was with me, <laughs> and my wife. Uh, we go up on stage, and the first thing I said was, um, five years ago, our kids were playing ball in the house and breaking things. It sent us on a quest to create the ultimate indoor play ball." Man, it's pretty wild. That's a wild trip, it. man. Yeah, that is so incredible. I, I, uh, I to backtrack that coloring idea. My, my son and I, Jonah and I, have been coloring, you know, those, uh, I don't know, they're just color books, yeah. like updated adult color books. He and I go through 12 to 13 pages per night of just coloring wow. because it's so relaxing. Yep. And then I, I brought this home and he begs me to color this stuff. And I'm not joking when I say he looks at it and goes, this looks like it was printed on there. The texture of, mm-hmm. of that... Yep. And what did he, you? What's the material again? It's flash bunolefin. Flash bunolefin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's incredible. It is. So Jonah's been. I mean, the boys are fighting over. Yeah. How are we going to decide who gets to color? Let's throw it. Whatever your thumb lands on, that's the section you color. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And then again, no joke. The first night, they're like, "Can I play?" I said, "No, I'm coloring." <laughs> like they. Yes, <laughs> they, love it. They wanted to play with it, and I said, no, I'm coloring, and now you have to wait five minutes so it can dry, because you better not smear this as you play with it. And they were not very happy about that first night. Um, it's incredible, and it looks like once you... We're using standard markers. Yeah. 
It looks incredible. Try highlighters, uh, glitter markers, and I'll give you a few Easter eggs for your listeners. Please. So there are three hidden bugs, ladybugs, on the ball. Okay. That's much hidden, but you got to look for them. And those represent our three kids. And then there is a a stegosaurus. So a guy, Gary Pember, a guy who helped me out a lot, Um, just just an awesome dude. This right here. His boy um, is uh, on the spectrum. Okay. On the autism spectrum and loves stegosauruses. And I remember talking to him about this at the time. And I says, you know, I want to put something on there for your boy. And this was, that's for him. And then there's a lot. So the other crazy thing about this, so my book at the same time, which Mm -hmm. I wrote in 48 hours on a train, um, (laughs) has five distinct sections to it. Um, Three of those sections are the stories on the ball. Really? And they represent three stages in everyone's life. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. The only person, that any, only person that ever asked me about that was the buyer from Target. Mm. Really? Yeah. That's, yeah. Interesting. I was actually, my boys and I were looking through, and, and it really is, you look at it, and it's not just cartoons. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a, there is more going on. Yeah. And so we were looking at that, and you're just going to, you're going to, he's going to blow it up, make it nice. That's how easy it is, Trev. Yeah, you don't even it's need incredible. A and by the way, we do. I mean, we do really crazy stuff with our company. That when I worked at Disney, when I worked at Goodwill, and I worked at you know, and even consulted for some of these big companies, I could never do at those companies what we get to do at this company. I mean, really. So we replace bladders at no cost. Not only no cost, no shipping. Really? Yep. Would you I do saw it? that on yeah. there. I was reading, and yeah. it. I I was. Thinking to myself, well, that can't be real. Kid takes a pair of scissors, punctures the bladder. They go to the website and we, we give them the code. And they will, you know, if they write us or if they mm-hmm. call us, yeah. we give them the code. Uh, free shipping, free replacement bladder, no questions asked. Why? It creates more joy between parents and kids. Absolutely, it does. That's, that's the goal of the company. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's crazy. That's so great. I can just tell, just, you know, the way that you're talking about it, you, your family... This is so there. You've yeah. got so much joy. And I love the, that you have a why behind everything. And it feels like you really, there's a why yeah. behind everything. It's yeah, that's great. exactly right. The well, ball, can I say this? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you showed me the video and at first glance I was like, okay, it's a ball. It's, this is an incredible invention <laughs> and, and it's so simple, but it takes so much time. I can only imagine uh, to create something perfect. And it feels like this is Close to his next approach. You said as possible. It. Yeah, you nailed it. And it does look simple, but there's, you know, sometimes things that look simple, you'll never know how difficult it was to get there. And it was so difficult to find the right balance. Because originally, to get something this light, because I knew the dimensions it needed to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was always the thinking that it had to be a one piece ball. So I was, there was a guy that owned a patent on this pro, this material that I really liked. And he, he was, I don't know, yeah, he was difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was the right material, but it was, he was difficult. And there was some problems with that construction. But it was, um, there was actually a guy, so I was mentoring at the time at, uh, at, at a university. And I just love, I love go-getters. Yeah. So uh, I mentor a lot of kids. And so I was mentoring at a university, and I asked one of the professors, says, you got anyone in the engineering department? I need to run some computer models on materials. And one of the materials that were in this was found through that computer model. Mm. <laughs> and it was just... But again, and I paid him, but it was about leveraging, leveraging 
every available resource you can. Yeah. From focus groups at the gym to, <laughs> to you know, even our marketing. I mean, I'll tell you another secret that we do, too. Um, so early on, a lot of people kept saying, oh, it's a beach ball. It's a balloon. Right. So what we did was, is every time I found a negative comment about it, I would DM them. And I said, look, I, you probably think it's a beach ball, but can I send you a free one? So I said, I'll, yeah. bur- I'll burn 100 like this. I said, I'm going to burn 100 balls this way. Yeah. And so every time a negative thing, I DM and I'm going to say, hey, can I send you a free one? They became our best evangelists mm-hmm. because yeah. they were haters that all of a sudden were like, dang, this thing's pretty good. Yeah, and, and they're the vocal haters. The, exactly. And they'll turn around and be vocal. Yeah. yeah. It was <laughs> yeah, pretty it cool. Is. Cost it me is. 100 balls. Someone, <laughs> well, and someone asked, yeah, that I showed him a video of my boys playing. Isn't that a beach ball? Yeah. No, it's nope. not. Yeah. It is very different. And they were like, okay, so I'm taking mine to school tomorrow to show some of the teachers. And even, here's the thing, untapped market, schools. Now, not right now because we're all virtual, mm-hmm. but... <laughs> indoor, like my kids, I've done, you know, we roll up paper balls and throw them around. And, uh, but that's something that schools, I'm sure, would you're just spot on. Die we didn't for. know the markets that we were getting into. Senior centers is a huge customer for yes. us. Yes. Mm. Because of mobility issues. Yeah. Grandparents. So we went on QVC. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Joy, but it's, it's pretty accurate. Um, but we went on QVC and we, I was on there live. And it was really interesting. They have a producer in your ear the whole time, and they're doing real-time sales. So you can hear everything. Really? The producer is basically guiding, and they have something called retail sales per minute, and that's how they measure. And there's a metric. I don't going to give away their trade secrets, but there's, sure. it's a lot of money per sure. minute that is considered a success. And I said, we're going to double it. And, you know, and they were like, oh, I, we love your enthusiasm. <laughs> we think that's great. Yeah. And I said, no, I'm telling you, we're going to double it. So we get on that morning and I can see the live feed and they're showing it on set and the thing is totally deflated and the woman is like really struggling with it. And the producers in my ear is like, okay, well, we, we're going to put you on. And so I just, the first thing I said was, five years ago, my kids were playing ball in a high. I mean, just gave them the yeah. whole story, showed it to them, colored it in, and then I hear the producer in my ear, keep going, keep talking. And he's saying, 1,000, 2,000, 3,000, 4,000. <laughs> and then I talked about grandparents. I said, and it's true, one of our best customers, grandparents, because they buy them for the grandkids because they're, again, mobility issues. Mm-hmm. So if they, they can sit on a couch and play with their, their grandkids all day long. And um, it was funny, that whole experience, because he's in my ear. When I said that, he goes, they're buying multiple units. They're buying multiple units. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they cut away, and then he gets back on, and he's like, okay, we're cutting back to you. I'm like, what should I say? He's like, just, just keep talking. <laughs> really? Very, I could tell you, QVC, un, and I'm a former Disney guy, unbelievably professional, high-level, high-consumer experience company. So impressed with QVC. In fact, when we were done, they uh, ordered uh, a lot more. Really? <laughs> yeah. So uh, <laughs> love working with them. And That's again, awesome. the organization itself from top to bottom, extremely classy, well-run. You have to go through all this training just to be on the... Wow. Really? Know, every claim that is made that you see on screen has to be cleared beforehand. And if you make a false claim, you're done. Really? Yeah. They're very serious and is a very well-run company. That's awesome. Yeah. See, things I would never think about. I, yeah. I, I, I guess my very limited interaction with QVC is, yeah, it's probably all junk. 
I, I, you know. But that's incredible to yep. know that, number one, when you look at QVC, it's legit. Yep. And the training that goes behind it, and all, that's, all, that's incredible. Yeah, unbelievable. And then the international markets were a, a huge surprise for us, too. We're in 30 countries, and you see these kids in... I mean, again, this is the why in many ways. Uh, there's this kid, M. Vodka is his name on Instagram, in Austria. And his mm. father sent me a video real early on, um, and he, you know, he paid for shipping. And I'm like, nah, I don't know, I cut it in half or something. But I'm like, some guy in Austria found this thing on a website. It's very early. We only been selling these since February 2019. Really? And uh, we've sold over half a million, uh, probably well over that now. Oh yeah. Uh, because we do a lot of international business as well. So this kid, um, Martin, uh, his father was filming him in, the, in a very small little apartment in Austria. And that really fueled me a lot when I saw that. I said, you know, we've got an ability not just to to make something that brings some joy to parents and kids. We, you know, we can really take a brand worldwide and bring this whole idea. And then the extension. So we have three products now. We will in spring, including this glow party one. It's got an LED yeah. UV light strip. And I saw the girl power yeah, one. No, they're pretty awesome. That's this cool. one we get so now. Cool. So we'll have uh, seven products in the spring. Yeah. Now I wanted. To transition into that, because you, uh, Victory Sports is the correct. kind of over that's correct that's umbrella the, of that the corporation. Yeah. And I was looking at Victory Sports. No joke, blew me away. Blew me away. Not just because it's like oh, Victory Sports. The things you're doing with that is incredible. The was it soccer coaching? Yep. By Max Preps, coach of the decade, 2020. I mean, like the instructional videos you're doing with that. And we were talking earlier about some of your upcoming football things. I mean, okay. so one of my questions, and I know we're going to cover this over the course of the, the, the more we talk, but um, how is Victory Sports moving beyond in, in, in hitting that? I guess what, what I wrote down is how is it? how are you using victory sports to further your goal and reach? And that's kind of what you were talking, but where are you going with it's victory a sports? really good question that nobody asks. Thank you. And it's a bit of a secret too. Oh, all right. So because I, and I don't know, I, 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 I got this, a lot of this from my mom's side, the, the Italians, there's a lot of crazy eccentric, like flying tamers, race car drivers on my mom's <laughs> side. That's why I love Italy. I love it. Um, I get my business sense from my dad, but, um, I, initially, even in the early days of the company, even when I was writing the provisional patent, I wanted to create my own competition. I knew people knock things off. I knew people steal stuff all the time. Right. So what I did was I created two separate entities, two separate two separate brands. So Victory Sports is full force indoor training. Mm-hmm. Alleyball is full force indoor play. That's the category we created. Because the category doesn't really exist. Full force indoor play doesn't really... Like a Nerf kind of is, but you can't really throw a Nerf in the house. No. That thing's going to break a yeah. lot of stuff. Right. Yeah. And so what I want to do is two separate brands. So people would look at it going, oh yeah, someone already knocked it off. <laughs> so, right. And so now the Max Preps 2020 coach of the decade, yeah. fortunately, is my brother, John. That's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, John. Yes. Leverage another thing. <laughs> yep. And he was really, he'd been very involved. Uh, he was a big part of the early stages of this because I remember the first time I said, hey, what do you think of this prototype? Because I remember when I was talking to him about this, I said to him, I said, 
you know, what properties would you look for? And he said, you know, if I could have an anti-gravity ball, that's what he said, because he said most kids will quit soccer by the age of 12 because they can't master the skills. Mm -hmm. And he said the secret to soccer is bilateral training using both feet equally well. Right. And he says the problem is kids get frustrated because they can't juggle the ball. He said if I had an anti-gravity ball where they could build confidence, and I go, well, does that exist? He's like, no, it's all junk. So that was a really key piece of this thing very early on. Because again, all I did was close my eyes and I knew what it, was and what it looked like. It just was chasing down the materials, the configurations, a hundred from prototypes, the big bag of fail, all that had to happen to get to the place where what was in my mind was real. Hmm. Yeah. That's, it's crazy. I, I watched some, you have some of the, well, there's training videos, but even at the bottom, I was seeing the workout every yeah. day with 125 bilateral, yep. something like yep. that. And I was like, I would Ez, come on, let's go. <laughs> Tell my son, hey, let's do this. Yeah. Um, and it is. It's it's football. It's soccer. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking about like, okay, beach ball, the the weight is different. Yep. Correct. The feel is different. It's different material. And the so flight is different. Yep. Mm -hmm. It is. It's the flight every so when you're thinking about juggling mm -hmm. juggling a, a soccer ball or whatever, it is. It's you can't just grab a a beach ball. Right. And juggle it in the house. It's not accurate, but this this one Correct. is. And what's funny, you could hear the crunch of it, and that's yeah. that's the crunch core. Yeah. Um, so we took this to New York Toy Fair in 2018 as a you know it wasn't even real thing. We just kind of showed it with another company. We uh, brought one of my brother's athletes who wasn't a big juggler. She started on a day one. We filmed her. She got five juggles out of it. Mm -hmm. She ended up with 265 consecutive bilateral juggles by the third day. Yeah. With this wow. thing. And it translates. Now, what we did is another Easter egg with it again, because I'm like, if we can print what we want on here, if you look at the ball there on one of the panels, it says start 100 bilateral, one touch half volleys. And there's a little dot. There's four different trainings on here, four level trainings and videos that go with it. If you mark off all the trainings, take a picture of it, put it on Instagram with the hashtag victory. We make an additional donation to U.S. Top Soccer uh, and Street Soccer USA. Amen. So we try to achieve, you know, we try to, you know, reward achievement. And this actually just shipped today to Dick's Sporting Goods. So this will be in the shelves uh, really? for this oh, wow. Christmas at Dick's Sporting Goods. Yes. So part of the reason I wanted to get you on here is because, um, <laughs> I mean, for me, Christmas time is crap. I mean, they get <laughs> toys that are not worthwhile or the kids are going to throw out soon. Yeah. This is not that. Nope. And when we think about, hey, Christmas is coming up. We're locked inside. Mm -hmm. We need, like my boys, they need to get outside. I'm blessed with a larger backyard where they can go play. But mm -hmm. some people, I'm thinking about some of my students, some of the people I know, they're in apartments. Mm -hmm. This is, and I've I've told quite a few of my, my parents, student parents, hey, by the way, go check this out. Because if you need something to keep your kids going, I got I got the product for you. And one of the dads goes, well, I guess I'll have to break the no balls in the house rule. I said, it's different. Did we talk about the commission structure here? No, I didn't. <laughs> this is all free. This no, is I'm, all free. I'm already thinking of my wife. She teaches fifth grade and she, the same thing. Yeah, she's got kids in different places that I think this is a great, she's going to get, we're going to buy a bunch of these. It's a great, it's a great idea, but the idea that you're rewarding things. And yeah. again, it's, it's so cool. It's so and smart. They can go out and get it. I mean, we have a Dick's here. What What are the other stores that Alibaba is in? It's in uh, Target, CVS, Hobby Lobby, HEB. Uh, what's in over 
20,000 retailers uh, in the U.S., Toy Town locally here. Yeah. Um, we are in over 1,000 toy stores across the country. We love the toy stores. In fact, when yeah. COVID hit, that was a big problem. We lost that 95% of that business went away overnight. Oh, yeah. Um, and so we've been really been doing everything we can to try to, to, to help them. Um, but yeah, uh, Target, we're going, well, we're going into another massive retailer in the spring that I can't yeah. talk about yet. Sounds great. Um, but uh, let's see, we are, yeah, Hobby Lobby, the big ones, Hobby Lobby, CVS. Um, and we're gonna, yeah, we'll, and we'll be in two retailers that start with a W in the spring. Nice. Now, I went to Toy Town. <laughs> I went to Toy Town and checked this out. And the general manager, I said, hey, I'm looking for your Ollieball. And she goes, we don't have any. I said, well, okay, when are you going to get them? I don't know. Why don't you ask him? Because <laughs> I said <laughs> you were coming over. And so yeah. I was like looking. And she said, I have a big order. Do you want my demo? I said, no, I don't want your demo. You need to keep that demo. And she's like, no, it's incredible. You should take it. I said, no, I want you to keep the demo. And she even said, it's in the back because as soon as it's out, people say, yeah. where is it? Why can't I buy it? <laughs> we, uh, <laughs> I said, and I tell you, keep it. we had a real issue too. I mean, cause we, it's containers. We ship container and container and container and everything because of COVID and the ports. We've had to move stuff through Canada to get it here to our really? warehouse in, in Michigan. Oh, it's been really difficult. And so, yeah, we, it, that's, and then uh, the big retailers, they made their orders early and they, all that stuff got sent to them. But the toy yeah. stores have been great for us. There's some crazy stories about these toy stores. This is, I'm not kidding you, what happens at Easter and at Christmas time. People take reservations for them. And the minute they arrive, People buy them out of the case pack, meaning they never get on the store shelves. Really? <laughs> They're like basically the, the store owner will say, they'll be here on Wednesday. People show up on Wednesday for them. And then they're like, wait, we were just unloading. And they're like, we don't care. Just un take them out of the... So they said, we've heard of so many stores, is they sell the demo. People will want them so bad. They're like, but it's already colored in. It doesn't have a box. They're like, I don't care. I want it. Really? So it's, it's really... The, these toy stores is really how we got started because people... Again, when you see the video, it's like, oh, it's a beach ball. It's a, you know, mm. it's a balloon. But these toy stores are great because they play with them in the store. And the oh, second, yeah. you know, we go to the, you know, we do, when we were doing trade shows, we were doing trade shows all over the world in London and uh, in China and uh, all over the U.S. And internationally, it's my favorite thing is going to these international trade shows because you see someone walk by, obviously speaks a different language. I just throw them the ball. You just float it to them. You spin it, float it to them. They, they think it's something big that's about to hit right. them. And it falls in their hands and they put this smile on their face. And then I walk up to them, I hand them a marker. And they look at me and I look at the ball and they color it in and they just go, boom. Yep. And if that is a retailer, the sale's done without a word. Yeah. I mean, the sale was done as soon as I got a marker. Enough so that my boys were like, can we play? No. <laughs> I'm going to color. It is. It's incredible. So, I mean, I feel like we could keep keep going like victory sports if if you need anything i'm gonna link it but even just go victory sports and it's spelled v-i-c-t-u-r-y victory with a u yes why see what i did there gosh yeah mm -hmm. got it deep <laughs> uh so yeah victory with a u and uh go check it out no joke i was on there just like this is incredible yeah, like, we've had some great athletes we've got uh joe max morrow's soccer hall of fame um Laura Sesselman, uh, medalist from Canada. 
uh, Vitorini. I mean, just I mean, if you're a soccer fan, we've got some great athletes on there that's got videos on there. And again, you know, there's there's so many things that we didn't know. Like you, you know, twelve and under, it's illegal to head use your you know head. Oh yeah. In a in a soccer game because you know it's it's the concussions. But if you don't learn how to train correctly, then you got a problem. So we have these coaches that buy twelve of these at a time for their whole team. Because they wanted, they, there's no impact on the head. Right. That's oh, so great. Did you reach out? Did you just send them uh, an ollie ball? Like, how did you get in touch with some of the? A lot of those contacts athletes? came through my brother. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, he's really. Uh, he's, he, he was an all-American soccer player, and so he was. Oh, uh, man. Yeah, he's 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 deeply uh, embedded in the in the soccer community. But some of them were lucky. I mean. Uh, a girl I was mentoring, her next door neighbor was Tish Venturini. You know, it was on a women's uh, mm-hmm. national team. It was her next door neighbor, <laughs> and she brought her. I go over here to give her some. And she yeah, brought her. She, yeah, I love it. That's and so, so cool. we filmed it. Her and her daughter uh, at her house. So it's just yeah, you, <laughs> you you put yourself in harm's way. Good things happen. Yeah, habitual I, risk taker. <laughs> Back to <laughs> done. The now we it. were talking beforehand, and um, it was. I guess you were the idea. Like I had some people at school say, well, how did you get this guy on? I said, I reached out. That's right. I reached out. And that's how most of our guests, visitors happen. It's like, Hey, I, I want to know more about the volleyball. Like yeah. I was so psyched to learn more. And, and you know, you just, yep, let's do it. Yeah. You'd be, I was so excited. No, you were smart to do so. And I'll tell you the successful people I know uh, that I've reached out to just cold through LinkedIn direct message, you'd be surprised. People that are ahead of, you know, that just, that seek, yeah. that build, yeah. that create, that dream, they're, they, they're all about sharing. And I mean, so much of what we have here is because I shared it. I didn't hide it, you know, saying, oh, I've got to make sure no one steals it before I, you know, I just said, hey, I'm just going to make two different brands because I know someone's going to steal it anyway. Let's have them think they stole it. But I shared this thing with a lot of people, our, our neighbors. They were saying our neighbors would be like, oh, can you make one of those for our kid? And then when we got the 12-inch one, that's when the neighbors were all going, okay, um, we've, I need like five of them. Yeah. And that's, that's when I said, okay, now we really got to ramp up what we're doing. I love it. So I'm going to transition to what I think may be one of the most important parts of this is your family. Yeah, yeah. Because what you're doing is engaging with your kids. I've got to imagine your wife is an incredible lady yeah, yeah. who is encouraging, patient, all, all this stuff. <laughs> so when, when I think about this and launching all this stuff, and you told me we launched this, I was still doing other stuff. Yeah. You're working with your, your kids. How... How important has that family aspect been when you are building this? Yeah, I wouldn't have done this if I didn't have a family. I mean, it's kind of that simple. It was, um, you know, uh, this was because of a family. Mm-hmm. And and I, I mean, one thing to your listeners, too. I mean, I, I, I'm mentoring to other people right now. If you have an idea, I don't care if you have a full-time job, part-time job, unemployed, handy, you know, a disability, um, you can do you you can do whatever it is you want, and there's a very systematic way of doing it. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, I had another company at the time. I had one huge client that took up eighty percent of my time, and I would just chip away at this at night, mm. chip away, chip away, chip away, chip away. And so, the family is my wife's amazing. Um, I, I'm not a big name dropper, but it's a. <laughs> 
<laughs> one, of my, one of my best friends for a long time, right? We're almost 30 years now, is uh, the actor Jeremy Renner. Okay. So Jeremy and I, were we used to go to Barney's Beanery um, right there in, uh, in Los Angeles because there was a, a papa shot uh, right next to the girls' bathroom. And so <laughs> we, we, we used to play skins with Papa Shot. I'm like, you know, off the ceiling, off of this. And, you know, we used, to, we used to bet a buck a, a skin. On, it, that was like a thing, but it was the greatest yeah. spot because, you know, we could, we could sit at Barney's, play Papa Shot, and we could see every girl that walked in and out of the bathroom because <laughs> eventually they had to go to the bathroom. <laughs> yes, they did. <laughs> and I see this girl, in a, you know, in Los Angeles with a, uh, she had like an American Eagle sweater on, jeans and hiking boots walk through the bar to the bathroom, I mean, which is not what you usually see. And I go, and I looked at him, I go, that one. And he's like, what? I'm like, that, that, that one. I'm going to marry that girl. So she comes out of the bathroom, and I go, hey. She's like, what? I'm like, I don't know. I just got to talk to you. She's like, okay, about what? I'm like, I don't know yet. <laughs> <laughs> Habitual risk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, yeah, that might be the... Correct yeah, characterization. And so that night, it was, uh, I mean, it was history from there. I mean, we were married six months later. Six months? Yeah, six months later. Come on, pop a shot in the bathroom. Yeah, pop a shot in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> and popping some shots. There you uh, go. <laughs> so, yeah, that was it. And she's, uh, so at the time, she'd gone back to school to get her master's. Mm-hmm. Um, she's, her entire career's been in uh, behavioral therapies, uh, children on the autism spectrum. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she was a professor at Cal State Fullerton for 10 years. And on the way up here, when we were moving here, I said, just apply to Boise State. She's like, oh, da, 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 da. let's just do it. So we were, our house was still getting worked, the house was still getting built. And so we went up to Coeur d'Alene, which mm-hmm. was amazing. We took the camper and the kids. We just kind of traveled the whole state of Idaho most of the summer, which was amazing. And um, she had a video interview in Coeur d'Alene with the uh, Boise State, and she spent three hours on the phone. She's like, they offered me a job. I'm like, so she right now is a professor at uh, Boise State University. I, I saw that. Yeah. And I want to I want to talk to her. I've, yeah. I've seen some of the work she's done, and I'm like, oh, yeah, she's, she's amazing. She's in, yeah, in, incredible. And the work that she's doing is, I mean, and and I can't even imagine how that's going right now, like virtually. I'm sure. I could learn a lot from her reaching some of my students that are mm-hmm. kind of in that in that zone, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah, no, we'll, we'll organize that. Yeah, because uh, she does half. They're actually doing lecture courses at Boise State. So she's, really, yeah, she's got a you know she's got the welders mask yep. on. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man, love those masks. Yeah. Love those uh, clear plastic. Uh, yeah, exactly. But no, no, it's uh, she's she's amazing. She really is. And we got three kids and. Um, they're all four years and three months apart and, you know, the, the, the first one was born on St. Patrick's Day, you know, so it's Amen. been, uh, yeah, we've been, we've been very, uh, very blessed in our life. I mean, it's been a lot of struggle, um, to, to own, I mean, if you really want to own something, it comes at a price, yeah. and, you know, and for yeah. us to own our companies, to own what we're doing, own our destiny. It's, um, it's a lot of sacrifices, but you know, it's, um, I don't know, the, the coefficient of the willingness of pain, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, you know, drill bits in your ear <laughs> at high rates of speed <laughs> yep. is equivalent to sort of the, the joy you get out of it. And so, um, she's been my partner in crime ever since. Mm. Man, that's incredible. I love that. Yeah. That's awesome. I love just seeing that idea of work going forward, yep. working together. My goodness. 
Yeah. Trev, what are your thoughts right now uh, as we're I, getting going? The, I, you know, <clears throat> I've been fascinated with Disney uh, for a long time. It's probably one of my my dad's favorite places on earth, and it's not just the place. It's just the it's the they don't miss anything. There's not a single detail that they miss. You know, and they think through everything. And so I'm just interested in how you even got started at Disney, uh, how that's impacted maybe some of your thinking, some of your business ideas. And yeah, just a good question. Uh, so my my first full-time job was a national brand director of a teen fashion company called Wet Seal. It's gone now. But oh, I remember was, it. Though. Yeah, remember oh, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, the lime green miniskirts. We used to yeah. hang out at the mall when we were younger. <laughs> there you go, there oh, it is. That's a that's you know that's not a, kind of the equivalent to pop a shot in a in a yeah well yeah. in a bathroom. <laughs> hang out next to Wet Seal if, <laughs> and Orange Julius yeah. and see if you can get <laughs> see if you can get a date. Put it in a blender. And there you <laughs> go. And you got the you got the nineties. There you go. Um, so yeah, you know, it kind of goes back to something you said earlier about just you know. Um, fearlessly reaching out to people, and I call it in Latin, it's sine me too, um, which is without fear, which is also inscribed on every bottle of Jameson whiskey. That's a whole other story. Right. Um, <laughs> but there was a bit of, uh, so I'd always had my own companies. We got married. We were having our first kid. I was in Santa Monica, and we're like, there's no kids here, and there's a lot of you know hypodermic needles in the alley, so mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're heading down south to Orange mm-hmm. County. And so the short of it is... Um, she was like, you know what? We should really, you know, health insurance this and that. We should get a full-time thing. And I'm like, I don't go work for some company. <laughs> and so, honestly, the first company I applied to was Google. And okay. they responded three days later. I did phone interviews um, for about two months. A painful process. Um, but at the time, I was contracting. So I, I had a headhunter, and I said, listen, I, you know, do, do you have anything... Uh, that we could contract because I just moved down to Orange County and Wet Seal was located in Orange County. And okay. I said, yeah, you know, the fashion company Wet Seal, they need some help. And so I went over there and after about two weeks, they gave me a big corner office and uh, uh, had me run their national brand. But I mean, that whole story is crazy. I mean, I had two weeks to come up with a holiday campaign with no money, the whole thing presented to the entire company. I got a, a band of great people there. Ryan Ariano, if you're listening, hey, hey, you remember this. <laughs> uh, we got in early, we stayed very late, and we did an unbelievable presentation, and we used all of this social media that nobody was doing at the time. We spent no money on it. We built, we took a whole community of people, and this is, we're going back 2006. Okay. On MySpace. Yeah. yeah. There was a whole community, someone had created, and we, we did this whole like survey story thing, and we said, you're going to build the holiday campaign, and it's called Gifted. And so we built this whole holiday campaign around the, that whole 26,000 member of this MySpace community, and we let them guide the messaging. We would say, hey, what do you think of this picture? And what do you, you know, we involved them in the creative process. The thing went crazy. Come on. 2. Yeah. 2.6 million Q4 over the previous years just on e-com. Really? Stores, I mean, everything went through the would, And that's what led me to Disney. So okay. that that's the, okay. and so I never never did my on-site interview with Google up in Mountain View, yeah. <laughs> um, and it was funny because I really did want that job. But in fact, the guy told me later too. He goes, just just so you know, you'd be selling search. It's not that interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, the short of it is um, the reason why I was really drawn to Disney uh, is I wanted to know the Disney way. Yeah. yeah. And I had heard story because my father, another story, he's, he's, he couldn't afford college, so he climbed telephone poles and then raised us kids and, and, and retired as a general manager of AT&T. I mean, he was an unbelievable climber in many ways. Um, 
Mm. But he had worked with uh, people, a guy named Michael Vance, who was connected to Walt Disney. So I'd, always, I'd heard stories. So I said, I want to learn a Disney way because one thing I'd heard is that Disney will sweep a clean floor. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about that is the big, I mean, you could talk about the animated stories, you can talk about all these things, but, and in fact, the first chapter of my book is why does Disney kill off a parent in the first 15, minute, 15 minutes of every movie? Yeah. Um, but the big thing about Disney is they sweep a clean floor. And it's how we deal with our customer experience and our customer service too. We try to get ahead of problems before they start. And everything we, we do is trying to, and again, get ahead of someone stealing our thing, start two brands. Get ahead. We yeah. just get ahead of everything that you can, anticipate everything you can. And Disney was great that way. It was an hour and a half drive each way. It was completely painful. Gas was like five bucks a gallon, and I had a Tahoe. I'm just like, oh, goodness. I'm just like laughing out the window, burning petrol. Like, yeah. I mean, just like a mad scientist. And at one point, it's interesting that you podcast because I would drive right through like the crotch of LA because it was this place called Arrow Boulevard that was like, like scrap yards and, and strip clubs. I mean, I was, yeah. but, but that was my shortcut to get up to Pasadena from where we were at. And um, I podcasted my drives. That lasted like a week. I'm like, this is depressing. <laughs> it was like day one was really like, you know, in- interesting. By day yeah. three, it was like not interesting. I'm like, <laughs> just in traffic, dude. I'm like, this is not interesting. But I love the experience. I was there from Ratatouille to Wally, and I just dove in. I got wow. as deep as I could. And it was interesting at the time. It was just another dimension. I, I, was, I had a whole film background. So I was in, while I was doing my other companies, before I met my wife, I was in 25 TV shows and movies as, a, okay. as an actor. And so it was funny because Jimmy Marsden, one of the first things I worked on with Disney was a movie called Enchanted. Mm-hmm. And Jimmy Marsden, who was a friend, was the lead in it. I'm like, oh, so now I get to market Jimmy. And so it was kind of a, you know, it was a kind of a fun term. But again, it, it, was a, it wasn't that difficult because I knew my life was changing because we were having our first kid. Mm-hmm. And I knew that I had been a hunter my entire life up until that point and that I was going to become a hunter and a farmer. Mm. And to do that, I had to have my machete and, mm. you know, I had to, have, but I also had to build something. And I knew that the path I was on just going from creative, just unbelievably risk-taking creative project from creative project, I wasn't building anything. I wasn't owning anything. It was just great fun and achievement for the sake of achievement. Mm-hmm. And so that was the hunter farmer change um, that happened at that time. And that drive up and down to Disney was, you know, painful, but I just sucked in everything I could there. And I'm still to this day, um, well, to this day, I'm still working with those same relationships that I made during that time at Disney. Really? Yeah. That's That's incredible. And so from Ratatouille to Wally, which Ratatouille, by the way, my favorite Disney movie of all time. Great one. I mean, I will, I've watched that so many times. It's incredible. Yep. It's incredible for so many reasons. But so you, they would say, here's the movie, you move on it. Yeah, well, we would see it beforehand. So what they okay. would do is they would show us, I remember Wall-E, we saw just like sketches. Yeah. I mean, they were still storyboarding. Yeah. You know, and that's, and again, this is how smart Disney is. They get way ahead of it. So we, there was a guy that, who's still there, uh, John Balin, one of the, I, really one of the guys I'm really most respected there. Because not only was he a smart guy, he knew and, under, and understands still to this day, I just saw him last year, uh, the integrity of the brand and mm-hmm. what it means. Because there are kids and generations that depend on that quality and that storytelling. I mean, some kids didn't really have maybe a home. Maybe they had some missing piece of their soul as a kid that, that Disney filled. Yeah. 
and they know how sanctum that brand is. And that is what I really got out of that experience there. Um, and really being able to take, you know, we would, again, like while these sketches early on, you'd see this stuff. And then the toy designers were the other side of the building and they would start coming up with ideas. And then you'd have line review where it was like, you know, it was just sketch phase then it was prototype phase. And then it was, it was cool. It's just a great process. And again, it's what taught me about the toy business. And what I really learned is that low tech is king. Okay. Yeah. If it's got batteries, if it plugs in. No. Expensive, safety testing, lots of returns, messy. So, I mean, and this is, by the way, I get probably two people a week that contact me some way, shape, or form with an idea. Yeah. Uh, and that's the first three questions I ask. I said, does it plug in? No. Uh, does it have batteries? No. Uh, does it solve a pain in the market? Mm-hmm. If they can say, you know, if, they, if they've got answers to those three, then I'll work with them. Mm. Awesome. Yeah. That's interesting. I love that idea of, <clears throat> of does it plug in? Everything is. Yes. <laughs> nope. Don't want it. Serious, and, and you, <laughs> think of iPads today. One yeah. of the parents was like, um, it's not charging. Okay, so your kid's missing out on education because mm-hmm. this thing won't charge. Mm-hmm. Whereas <laughs> when I look at the Ollieball and other things, that stuff will continue on mm-hmm. and continue yeah. on and continue on and continue on. And I love that. Mm. That's so cool. Yep. Disney. I love Disney. I, um, my wife and I are talking like, when can we go to Disney next? Mm-hmm. And I love, I kind of like... Disney has this feeling. There's a, gosh, I was telling my student teacher, there's this coffee. It's terrible. But that's what I would pour and have as we walk to Disney. And so now anytime I taste that coffee, I think Disney. It takes you right back. It there takes you me back to standing in line, drinking this coffee. That's not great. But it it leads me into Disney, right? And, and when you talk about sweeping a clean floor, mm-hmm. perfect. And I want to yeah. go back there because... And, I told this on an earlier podcast that one of my bucket lists was going to Disneyland for the Christmas time. And last year, uh, this time of year, my friends kept sending me pictures. Remember, we were here last year, Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Best thing. One, and Jonah said, Dad, I got to watch you check off your bucket list. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. Because that it, it just awesome. sits with you, right? And they do. They don't miss a detail. And it's incredible. It's incredible. It is. Mm-hmm. Disney. In uh, L.A. <laughs> Please open up. Please open up. I, I need to go back. We had, uh, my son had just been wanting to go. I mean, we, and we'd been wanting to go. And he's seven now. And we, we purchased, like we got on, we got the whole, the whole trip planned and ready to just pull the trigger. And COVID hit. And I remember <laughs> even like, I remember the date in March. I, I still went to somebody else and I was like, well, they're still open. And I, it it might be that nobody else is there. <laughs> and then that day they, they said they had to. Yeah. Uh, but we'll get there. It'll, yeah, you it'll will. happen. I want to go with you. Let's do it. Let's do it. It'd be, it'd be a fun. Whoa. Come, Come on. Us. Let's do it. Come Let's do us. it. I'm in. Um, <laughs> no, I love it. I can show yeah. you the secret parking spots. I believe uh, it. I believe it. I'm all about that. Yeah. Um, we've been going. Uh, we're still going to go uh, because we haven't covered a lot of stuff. One of those things being your book. Oh, yeah. We've talked about, like, we've hinted at it. Tell us more about that book. I mean, I'm going to be buying it as soon as I've this got, is done. I got some in my car. You don't have to buy it. I guess. Well, I would appreciate that, too. Uh, <laughs> the long short of it is this. Um, I'm not an author. and so, But what happened was is I've been 
I was asked to give a talk. I remember some guy couldn't make something. And, and I was asked once, I was mentoring actually at, at the university. And some guys, hey, this, some guy didn't show up. Would you mind sitting in on this social media panel? I'm like, sure. So it was the first speaking. This goes back to like 2005 or something. And so I got up there and there was something called Foursquare. I don't know if you remember Foursquare. Yeah, but yeah. totally. There was, uh, and people were talking. Everyone's got their theories using their hands a lot um, and using like, you know, special words. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, Someone, they were like, Joe, what do you think? And I said, well, I said, I don't know. I, I was paying attention, but I said, is there a Dan D in the audience here? And they're like, what do you mean? It was like, there's, there's a guy here named Dan and his last initial is D. And I see this guy in the back. It was a big, big place. And he raises his <laughs> hand like this. I'm like, I said, you got a cool looking dog. Um, you know, I, I see that we've gone to two of the same restaurants in the last month. And uh, nice to know you. I said, that's social media. <laughs> That's awesome. And so <laughs> then it kind of like sparked a bunch of interest. And so they were saying, why? So I, mean, I was just kind of like, I'm talking to you guys. It just started talking about how, what we did at Wet Seal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was right around that same time. And um, I don't know, a bunch of people came up to me afterwards and said, hey, would you mind speaking at this event, this event, the AMA and this and that. So then I, then I started, I was like the MC at the Addy Awards. Um, so anyway... So I started doing this as another side gig, uh, not paid, just I enjoyed it. So I was doing mm-hmm. a lot of public speaking at all these events. Then I started traveling. I started going all over the country speaking. In fact, before this thing ended, I was in Tennessee speaking. Mm-hmm. So I started doing a lot of public speaking. One night I was giving a talk uh, and this woman, very smart lady, she kept asking me all these questions about archetypal patterns because that's kind of, I have this whole theory about there's only five stories that have ever existed in businesses and okay. every business follows an archetypal pattern. And so she goes, you need to write a book about that. I says, yeah. I, you know, I think I had one and a half kids at the time, and I'm like, I really don't have time. And she goes, No, you've been telling us you can accomplish anything. So that, that we hear, so you're going to write a book. And, and she was she's an older woman, feisty. And I was like, So I said, I said, Okay. I said, In one year's time, oh, I will have written what is a book. And I said, As I'm saying this, I'm like, You know, you ever, you ever hear yourself saying stuff, you know, and you're like trying to punch yourself in the face? Yep. And so I said that. And then that night, I knew I'd, I'd, I'd done it. I stepped in it. So I, I put a LinkedIn post that said, I would thank you. It was great to be at the thing tonight. I did agree to write a book in a year and I'm making basically a pub, an act of public testimony that I'm going to do this. So I had to hold myself accountable that way. Short of it is nine months go by and I got an outline. And so I, I took this outline. Uh, I made a survey on SurveyMonkey. I had like 27 different subjects. And I said, if you were going to read a chapter in a book and here's the name of the chapter, what would you want to read? So they basically gave me 15 chapters. Uh, I, I polled 200 avid book readers. And so I... Um, I wrote one chapter and I timed myself and I have, so this hand doesn't, I have no articulate motion in my left hand. So it's really hard to type. (laughs) I have to do this kind of weird thing and it's from an accident. And so, um, I figured out how long it was going to take me to write one chapter. And then I said, okay, the only way that I can get this done is if I get on an airplane or if I get on a train, I got to basically handcuff myself to the project. Yeah. Yeah. And so, uh, I end up, um, Going up and down the coast of California on a train for 46 hours. <laughs> and um, I've done, I've not 46, but I've ridden yeah, that for, train back yeah. and forth. For the sake of riding the train and writing your book. Yeah, just to be handcuffed to it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's something that was the only, because there was nothing else to do but write. So yeah. I just sat there and I, I banged out a really ugly, ugly uh, first draft. 
And um, I got a hold of someone, this lady who self-publishes books. I was like, I'm just going to self-publish this and check this off. So I sent it to her, <laughs> pay her like the deposit. And she goes, you know what? You should really send this to publishers. It's pretty good. And I'm like, I'm trying to check the box. I'm not an author. <laughs> and so I end up sending it to uh, two publishers and I get two offers. Yeah. And so uh, the first, uh, I was at my wife at a baseball game and the email said, I said, you know what? You read it. Cause I like, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then tell me what it says. So she goes, well, okay. She's like, good news, bad news. Uh, good news is they, 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 you, you have an offer, there's a contract and there's upfront money. She said, the bad news is you got to write two books. Oh, <laughs> it was a two book deal. I'm like, I'm not an author. <laughs> I was just trying to check this off my list. So anyway, the, um, the book did take 46 hours to write to work with the editor was, uh, that was more than 46 hours. Yeah. Uh, so when we went through the editing process, but you know, I was focused on simplicity and I wanted the book to be raw. I said, mm-hmm. I don't want a polished book Yeah. because, you know, it was organized, it had chapters, but I said, there's a lot of statements that are very, I mean, there's a lot of like just straight body blows in the mm-hmm. book. Um, and again, I didn't want to write this ethereal, like, oh, mm-hmm. me sitting as the author, because I'm not an yeah. author. It's, it's a very raw book, but it's based on the fact that there are five archetypes that exist in stories and that exist in our life and they're sequential. And if you skip one, you you will not reach the last and final uh, archetype, which is the quest for the Holy Grail, which is our legacy that we leave on earth. Right. So um, it's that's the book. It's called The Anatomy of Yes, the story behind every sale. Yep. The reason that they wanted to write two books is they said you have two books in one. You have the sort of spiritual book and then you have the sort of business book. They said write the business book first and then apply the same principles to you. To the spiritual realm. Mm-hmm. So uh, hmm. that's that's the anatomy of yes. And the second book will be called The Story of Yes. Love oh, it. That's so Love good. It. Yeah, I, I I saw it. Seriously, the title. I was like, okay. <laughs> yep. It, yeah. it, it is. So, gosh, I feel like I have so much work to do. No. It's, um, it, it, but, but I love what you said earlier. It's simple. It really you is. You pull everything away. It's simple. Trev? It's simple. It's simple. Uh, one of my favorite movies is Ocean's Eleven. Yep. And the original. And I feel like I love this. One of my favorite scenes is uh, it's Brad Pitt and George Clooney. And they're trying to find one other person. And they're talking about Saul. And he's like, uh, oh, you could ask Saul. He's like, ah, he won't do it. He's got ulcers. <laughs> and he goes, uh, you could ask him. Oh, hey, I could ask him. I mean, like that, it was that simple. Yeah, I could ask him. So he asks him and he does it. I mean, it's like this is just the idea of like, I could do. I think so many people get get a whole long list of why not, mm-hmm. and this is why I can't do this. Mm-hmm. No, go do it. Just try to do it. Go do yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Which leads me into uh, any advice for people like uh, Trevor, who's always you're always thinking, always thinking, <laughs> always going. I'm an uh, enneagram one. You yeah. guys are threes. You <laughs> I, get it done. I talk too much. <laughs> I think too much. Or uh, it's fine. Or even, you know, me, I'm thinking, okay, what's the next steps for this podcast? Because I, I love doing it. What's my next? Any advice for people who are kind of sitting on that fence of something that, hey, this could be great, or they're, they haven't pulled the trigger yet? Anything you would tell them to do? Yeah, I'd say it's, a t- uh, you know, it's in the book, actually. But I talk about victims and deliberate creators. Now, there are true victims in this world. There mm-hmm. really are. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, and I, I don't want you know, to water down what that word means. Mm-hmm. But I do think people are imprisoned often um, by fear. 
interesting. I mean, if you want to talk scientifically about it, and I've, if anyone is experiencing any type of fear, understand it is a brain chemical called cortisol mm-hmm. and is in your brain. And it occupies the same space that serotonin and dopamine. So there is a constant battle in your brain every mm-hmm. day between fear and enlightenment. And when you're feeling fear, when you're afraid of something, that's a brain chemical called cortisol. Yeah. Know that that's all it is. Mm. And that dopamine and, and serotonin are far more powerful. And that's all it is. Yeah. The best advice I would say is, if you, like I said, you got a full-time job, you got a part-time job, you have no job, you have a, you know, a disability, whatever it might be. Um, you make the decision once. So with so many things that we've done with the family, with like even like the example of the book or even the ball, it's just you make the decision once that you're going to do something. And the first thing you do is that becomes who you are. I'll tell you a good example. This kid, J-Ro, um, I gave a talk in Dallas and he said, hey, I, I got to, uh, you know, I do guitar lessons. What can I do with that? And we got talking and within a year he got out of his garage, got a small storefront. And I said, look, you, like your podcast, I said, look, you, you can make money all day long teaching people how to strum a guitar, mm-hmm. but what you really need to do is inventory. But you don't mm-hmm. want to buy guitars. You want to do consignment. He turned his garage guitar lesson into a million plus business in less than two years. Oh, wow. Really? And I just, every 30 days I talk to him and I says, I will talk to you in 30 days. If you've done what I've asked you to do, I'll talk to you in another 30 days. (laughs) And I, I mentor a number of people this way, but it really comes down to, are you willing to endure the pain necessary? And, and this is in the book as well. And I do this when I give a lot of my talks is that I'll, I will say to the audience, does anyone here have a dream? Mm-hmm. And it's usually the person that is really, want, the hand comes up immediately. And I, it, it, people cry every time. I bring them up and I, I say, what is your dream? And in fact, the last one, when I was in uh, Nashville, this woman, she goes, I want to own 40 properties. And I said, okay. I said, here is a pen. And I said, um, here's a piece of paper. And I turned around and I said, I want you to write these words on this piece of paper in front of this big audience. Mm-hmm. And I said, um, I, and then I said, put your name in, am willing to make the necessary sacrifices to own 40 houses. And I want you to sign it and date it. Then I want you to take a picture of it right now. And I took a picture of selfie with her in front of the whole audience. And I said, I'm going to text this to you. So now you have my contact information. I want to hear about your progress along the way. But if you're willing to share this image and this dream with everyone you know. Hmm. So then you've, you've committed yourself. You made an act of public testimony. You'd handcuffed yourself to a dream and you're allowing everyone to hold you accountable. Your friends, your family, the universe has, is now aware of your dream. And guess hmm. what? They're going to help you. Yeah. And so I heard from her. She, I think she contacted me on her third home. She, and she, young girl. She goes, I, I now own my, my third home. <laughs> you know, and she's smart. She was investing. She was she yeah, found properties yeah. to buy and renting them out. Uh, I guarantee at this point now, especially with the market the way it's been, she's probably up to ten homes, and she's probably and she's still in her thirties. That's awesome. Mm. So that's my best advice: is that I hear people all the time. Yeah, I got this idea, and if you take the half hour of time it takes to commit yourself to it, right. It will be, it, it, it's, I'm not kidding you, it's no different than taking a hot branding iron and, you know, and marking yourself because it doesn't go away. Yeah. 
And people will say, you know, even in the middle of this thing, I was 80 grand of my own savings into patents, trademarks, and building prototypes. Uh-huh. And people were saying, you know, I have a bunch of guys that I knew professionally, a group of business owners, and they were like, so you're, you're trying to make a ball that doesn't bounce? Is that what that was going on here? Like, you know, <laughs> and you will hear people all the time that, and it's mostly because they didn't do it. Yeah. You, you'll get the venom. You get the venom from people that will make you doubt yourself, that will either want to, they will try to convince you out of it. I mean, they'll, they'll do all sorts of stuff. But if you're galvanized and cemented to that commitment yeah. and you're willing to make the necessary sacrifices, the, the world will help you. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. It really is. Uh, reaching out. I. Yeah. Do you, do you don't have to keep this if you don't want to, but I have a question. Do no, you please. do you find a correlation between or a connection between fear you talked about with cortisol and hope? That the I don't know if you've ever thought about this. The, yeah, it's two sides of a coin. So every and here's a great example. Every great ad you've ever seen is fear and enlightenment. Think of these great ads. You know Bounty, the quicker picker upper. Yeah. Okay. It's, but you know that ad is still running today. Yeah. You know what it is? It's it's the quicker picker upper. You know why it's such a brilliant ad? Oh, here's a here's a coffee stain. Here is your paper towel that falls apart in a pulpy mess. Here is the Bounty, the quicker picker upper. Look at it. it; just saves the day. Fear and enlightenment. It's very simple. Help! I've fallen and I can't get up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? You've seen the thing, right? Absolutely. Guess who that commercial is geared towards? It's not geared towards Granny. It's geared towards, towards the parents. Yeah. Because of the guilt they have leaving their mother or father alone. Yep. And what does that say? Fear and enlightenment. Fear. My mother or my father is going to fall down and die, and I won't be there. Enlightenment. There's a thing that hangs around their neck that if they press the button, they won't die. Yeah. So fear and enlightenment and every great campfire story has the same exact archetypal pattern. So the book, and I talk about it this a lot, is about archetypal patterns, which is, comes on Carl Jung through Joseph Campbell. I have my take on it, my interpretation of it, and it's the, it's the five archetypal patterns. There's, there's the five archetypes in the anatomy of yes. Mm-hmm. And to me, that, that's what I've seen. Those are the recurring patterns that I've seen. And when you really distill it down, it, everything is fear and enlightenment. And it's, it's, it's simple as, so this panel right here is called Dragon and Treasure. Mm-hmm. And so here's the knight. And if you notice the knight, it's a pencil. It's not a sword. Yep. Uh, basically what happens with that archetype is slay the dragon, get the treasure. It's a very simple archetype. And just about every movie uses it in one way, shape, or form. The hero sees a dragon, either real, psychological, material, will slay the dragon to get some sort of reward. Fear, the dragon's going to kill me. Slay the dragon, enlightenment, I get the treasure. Yeah. They're that closely connected. Yeah. <laughs> Trevor's blown away. Well, right I just, now. no, I just would love to talk with you for four more hours. <laughs> yeah. I, no, totally. I'm sitting here thinking, I do have uh, to check the time. Going. I yeah. am taking my daughter to, uh, I do got to take her to, uh, no, but that's not till 7 30. Right. So, yeah, we got a little more time. It's you also, time. you know, dinner, that thing. <laughs> a little hungry. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we can. Wait, can I plug Boise real quick? Absolutely. You know what I love about this place? Tell me. Better than Germany? Just joking. (laughs) You know why? Because this did not happen in Germany. You know what didn't happen in Germany? Neighbors come over with fresh caught Uh, fish and deer and venison and elk and plums and persimmon. Like this doesn't have like persimmon. Yes. This okay, mm-hmm. you know, places I've lived, you come over to someone's house with food, it's like you're, you're trying to poison them. Yep. Yeah, yeah, to, yeah, oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. This is what I love. And last night we had uh we had salmon, I think it was kokanee, uh-huh. that was uh that our neighbor just you know, he was like, Yeah, I was up hunting and here and 
this yeah. this I, this is what I love about this place. <laughs> it's, it's true. People, and again, the the greatest book on business ever written is The Velveteen Rabbit because it became real. It's all about being authentic and being real. Mm-hmm. What I love about this place, it is so re- people don't put they are gold in who they are. And that's totally. really what, you know, I think, and my kids picked up on it too, pretty that's quickly. Great. That is cool. My next door neighbor, Rod, which I, w- my wife and I have talked about how much we love our neighborhood, love our neighbors. Um, <laughs> I asked him, Hey, do you have any leftover, uh, big 55 gallon barrels? I want to do like a burn barrel. He goes, Oh yeah, I got a torch. Do you, you want me to cut some special? I, no, man, just, just a burn barrel, barrel would be awesome. All right. I got you. And I mean, you have to buy those online. Usually they're expensive and he's just going to take one of his old ones, torch it up for me, <laughs> bring it over. I'm like, yeah, it's dude, amazing. that is, and, and he My, doesn't have to do that. No, <laughs> I love so it. Cool. Is it's, it for another one? Uh, we can make, we can get another one for you. Absolutely. I put my I put my lights up, uh, Christmas lights up, the day after Thanksgiving. That's really early for us. But as I was doing it, I was up on my roof, and my son's up there, just being very dangerous, <laughs> <laughs> but having a blast. Not helping me at all. But I had a conversation with like five neighbors because like old Jerry walks out and he's like, "Oh, you putting your lights up? Oh man, now you now you got to do it, Dave. Hey, yeah, I see you, Rodrigo. You better get your lights up now." You know, we're having this whole conversation while I'm on my roof, and it's just fantastic. Fantastic. Our cul-de-sac is it like is. that. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's, so it's gold. <laughs> no, absolutely. You can plug Boise, um, which um, I we may have to have follow-up interview, like interview number two, because we can keep going on. But one thing you talked about was the mountain biking. Oh, yeah, that's legit. And I wanted to ask, is the mountain biking uh, better, different in Boise than in California? Because we've had uh, Tyson come on, and he is a mountain biker um, extremist, ex- extreme, extraordinary. All right. All right. Um, so tell us mountain biking. You said <laughs> you had a Jeep and a mountain bike. Yeah, that's right. I moved uh, and it's yeah. all I owned. <laughs> it's yeah. like three shirts. Um, <laughs> um, were so, they long? No, they were, no, they, you know what they were? Champion sweatshirts. I went to college oh, in New York. So cha- in it was champion day. sweatshirts. And They're I would, back. yeah, back then it was, it was the hot deal. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, and it's back again. Yeah. But, um, okay. So mountain now, by the way, I, I'm a bit older. So my first mountain bike had like the poly, it was chrome molly frame, mm-hmm. the bullnose bars. And it had like the little rubber poly, whatever it was, you know, the little shock absorbers. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't suspension. It was not full suspension. Um, but I would say, and I've I've done some, you know, I've hit Moab, I've hit some legit spots around the country. Yeah. Um, and I would say, here, here, the first thing I noticed about <laughs> Boise that was different is, I'm like, wait a minute, there's a pump and tools right there? <laughs> yes. And, and no one stole it? Right. <laughs> Just like, I'm like, this place is awesome. And I, this is what I, I love. So my first interaction, I guess, was we were start, the house was getting built, and I we were staying at the Riverside Inn, which I've, I've plugged that place all day long. Rick, yeah. Ar- Rick Oliver was up, um, and so we were uh, we were staying there. I loved it because it was right on the river, and they had live music. Mm-hmm. And I just looked at all trails and found the first trail. Went took my mountain bike through downtown Boise, right up into the Highlands, and I'm and it was it's actually very that area is very similar to Orange County. Mm-hmm. Orange County is all flowy, and it's kind of packed loam, so it's not super loamy, but it's really it's kind of packed. It's like clay, and especially after a rain, it's nice grippy clay. Mm-hmm. So that most it was very similar to Orange County because one thing I didn't realize. 
about Boise is that it's the high desert. Mm -hmm. You know, most people here like Idaho, like, oh, it's like the Midwest. It's like, no, it's the high desert. So it's a whole different, not only climate, but terrain, like the the dirt's uh, different. Mm -hmm. But what I love about like Eagle Island Park. So by the way, a lot of Californians and I'm, I guess I consider myself one because I moved from there last, but I've lived in eight places. Yeah. A lot of Californians move, especially Orange County people, move to Eagle because it looks exactly like yeah. Orange County. Oh, really? Yes, because it's flat. You see the hills and the yep. stores are all the same. Mm-hmm. I mean, you swear you're, it, it looks the same and it's, it's, it's almost identical. And Chino Hill State Park, I used to go to from my house. So I would just take my mountain bike and go two miles on my Strava right up to, yeah. to Chino and I would go, you know, ride Chino. So Eagle Island, um, that Eagle State Park, the bike park, yeah. is just like Chino Hills, only they got a pump that, you know, <laughs> that, no, one takes, that no one takes. <laughs> and it's got Storm and Mormon, which is actually a great track. I love yeah. that. I love that track. Um, but I, but I haven't really, okay, Coeur d'Alene, when I was up there, that was legit and it was woodsy. Mm-hmm. And I like the woods. So I got a buddy who's creative director at Apple. And so I go to Santa Cruz. I go without a bike because we go to the Santa Cruz factory, rent a Bronson for 40 bucks Goodness. and ride to camp. Yeah, it's a good, That's good awesome. secret. And, um, and so, yeah, in fact, he just got, uh, what did he get? Oh, he got some ridiculous bike. We were just up in the Redwoods actually over Thanksgiving with him. But um, so that, I haven't done Bogus Basin yet. Okay. Okay. And now there was many times that I was trying to get up there. And of course my neighbor, like the first day we move in, I'm like, oh my gosh, he's got a mountain bike. I'm like, Hey, what's going on? And so, um, we rode, um, Sidewinder, um, some, some really good tracks. I mean, because we were moving into our house and coaching immediately, I didn't get to do as much as I want, but bogus is mine. I can't wait to get up there. I've studied it. I've watched the YouTube videos, you know, (laughs) of the GoPros. And so I can't wait to get up there. Um, I don't know. It's, it's all, it's great, man. And what I like most is that it's so dang clean. It's so well kept. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know what? I've had great conversations on the trails in, in the ones that I've done here. I've just, uh, you, you end up stopping and you just get into great conversations and, you know, places, other places I've been, you know, people are kind of, I don't know, they, yeah. they, they, you know, they're always trying to like one up you, you know, here it's just, people are just talking about great, uh, I, they were telling me, what's this one called? Um, oh, it's not chocolate. It sounds like chucker. Okay. I don't, do you, I don't bike? know. Oh, Tyson's no. going to listen to this. I keep like, hearing oh, some great on. ones. Yeah. And so, I mean, I'm, hey, if anyone, I'll, I'll buy beers after if anyone wants to show me some of the, the Sanctusum oh, trails, man. Tyson's I'd be down. I'd be I'll, down with that. It would I'll be contact fantastic. Him quick. Yeah. All right. He knows all of them. He's, he's part of the uh, group Bam, Bamba. I, it's changed so many times, but yeah. Yep. He knows them all. Oh, it's, yeah. I'll that hook was, you up that's with him. A big he's draw. A, he is all about that. Um, yeah. I haven't, I haven't mountain biked. Uh, because, I don't know. But you I look should. like a mountain biker. You got Thank the you. beard. You, you got yeah. alcohol. I mean, that's pretty much all it takes. Is <laughs> now you just need a bike. Hey, I have the biking <laughs> shorts. So I could just meet you guys for beers afterwards in my biking <laughs> <your> shorts. Biking. <laughs> I would love to do that. <laughs> and then just Perfect. drink with you. That'd be fun. Yeah. Well. Um, hey, Trev, we, we got to let him get, yeah. get to yeah. where he's going. Uh, any last minute? Comments, or are we just going to save them for round two? Maybe round two, but man, it has been a pleasure. Yeah, I my loved pleasure. getting it to really know you. Has. Yeah, um, yeah. So, friends, we're gonna we're gonna keep plugging Ollie Ball. Uh, yes, I'll put up pictures. I'll put up videos of my kids playing it. Put videos of me playing with <laughs> with Ollie Ball <laughs> uh, and seeing how many times I can juggle uh, all that stuff. But Joe, honestly, it has been an honor no, <laughs> and man, just a great honor. time yeah. hanging out with you. Uh, hearing the background and 
in the amount of thought and um, kind of deliberate motions that you put into place. Yep. Thanks for reaching out. Yeah. And honestly, I mean, the reason why I like speaking and talking is that I know in many of my quests, <clears throat> next time I mean, I'll tell you about my 20s. There's some, some, yeah, yes. Um, <laughs> in many of my quests, I always did look for mentors, guides, masters. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> I can tell you, um, I, I'd love to tell you the story about the founder of Herbalife. He's a very good friend. And, yeah. you know, I, you know, there's millionaires. I know, mm -hmm. I know billionaires. This guy has more money than all of them. And really? you would never know it. And how he spent it is so special. Um, oh, but cool. I would say um, the reason why I like doing these talks is that I hope somebody hears something resonate in my words that resonated from someone else that I learned it from. Mm -hmm. And probably one of the best things that was taught to me, and I'll save that story for the next time, the guy, yeah. the guy who slid me a six-figure check across the table, and, uh, and I got to say no to him, um, is to own it. Yeah. You own this. Side yard is yours. Yep. It's your brand. And that's the first step in everything. And then really in terms of happiness, I built a number of empires for people. I worked at companies and helped build those empires. But until you own your own empire, it doesn't matter how small it is, doesn't matter what its intrinsic value or its valuation is at that moment. But if you own something, you now are a member of a very small and elite club of deliberate creators in this world. And you will be surprised at the people that show up. Yeah. So that would be my best advice that really didn't come from me. It came from many people before me that mm -hmm. instilled it upon me. Okay. Yeah. Guys, we're doing, we're doing round two and, and I'm so excited again, honored Trevor. Yeah. Thanks for joining. Yeah. Uh, yeah so much fun guys. hanging out with you and, and, uh, I'm not going to end this traditional way cause we're going to keep it going round two. It's coming up soon. So, uh, hope I you feel all... like street fight round two, round two, <laughs> fight. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so friends, we hope you have a wonderful, um, holiday. Uh, we pray that it's safe and, yeah. uh, and you'll hear from us soon. Yep. <laughs>